Hello and welcome to Pulse Points, Indiana University School of Nursing's official podcast. I'm Sally Krauss, Director of Marketing and Strategic Communications for Indiana University School of Nursing, serving as your guest host for today's podcast. We're taking a different approach to this month's podcast so we can interview Dr. Robin Newhouse, the regular host of our podcast, about her work as the lead investigator for IU's Grand Challenge, responding to the addictions crisis. Dr. Robin Newhouse is the dean of the Indiana University School of Nursing and an IU distinguished professor. Her research focuses on health services improvement interventions, acute care quality issues, and evidence-based practice. Dr. Newhouse is a nationally recognized research and nursing leader and a champion for nursing's role in providing higher quality and more effective and efficient health care. Her leadership and expertise is critical as the school continues to catalyze research and accelerate innovation and discovery. Dr. Newhouse, thank you for joining us in our studio as a guest today. My pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you about the addictions crisis in Indiana and the significant work being done in this area. Um, as mentioned earlier, you are the lead investigator for IU's Grand Challenge, which is a $50 million initiative to respond to the rising problems associated with addiction. Addiction is devastating in countless lives, from the misuse and addiction to heroin, prescription painkillers, opioids, and, and much more. This has created a national crisis affecting millions of Americans. How is Indiana focusing its efforts on the rise of addictions? So I, I wanted to start out and talk about the um, intensity and the problem. And you are exactly right. People are in um, crisis. This is a chronic disease that has become incredibly um, devastating to families, to people, to uh, children. And I um, just wanted to start by saying that uh, the incidence is pretty high around uh, substance use. And in 2017, drug overdose killed 70,237 people with 47,600 deaths involving opioids. So you noted that our response to addictions is about addictions. There's a lot of focus on opioids, which certainly is one uh, problem with substance use, but uh, it, it's a bigger and broader problem. Now we're hearing uh, more that methamphetamines have once again become part of a uh, problem. But furthermore, it's an issue around the uh, chronic illness and the symptoms that people experience, both in terms of personally and family, but it's also uh, very expensive. So I think it's important to note that um, lost pro productivity, healthcare costs are all part of the devastation that addiction brings. Related to uh, uh, illicit drugs and alcohol and tobacco, the cost exceeded $740 billion annually in uh, predictions in 2017. And it's not only about the cost and it's not only about the quality, but it's also about the addictions that children are exposed to. So the incident of neonatal abstinence syndrome, um, NAS sometimes it's called, and also called neonatal opioid withdrawal syndrome, rose from 1.5 to 8.0 of 1,000 babies born between 2004 and 2014. This is devastating, absolutely devastating. 
So, and it's also important to note that the proportion of babies that were born with neonatal abstinence syndrome actually um, were covered most, about 73%, 74% by uh, Medicaid. And the costs have increased from $65.4 million in 2004 to $462 million in 2014 in the estimates. So big problem, big effect on people, big effect on chronic care, big effect on children, society, organizations. Um, so in terms of our uh, response to addictions, I, I think it's important to note that the response to addictions for Indiana University were really related to what was happening in the state at the time, which is what you had originally asked about. So as Governor Holcomb began his term, he listened to the community and heard loud and clear that there were families that were uh, struggling with uh, addiction. Uh, there was an increase in death rates related to uh, overdoses. There were people uh, struggling with uh, finding jobs and uh, getting into recovery. And during his address, uh, he talked about the top priority for the state being response to uh, addictions and uh, some of the problems we were encountering uh, as Hoosiers with opioid overdoses and uh, addiction. So President Michael McRobbie had a conversation with Governor Holcomb and thought that there are many things that others can do in practice. There are many projects that are important in fighting addictions. There are many policies that are important. So when, when we think about addictions, there is a web of people that should be involved in these responses. And we uh, knew that our best capacity was around research and uh, research activities and partnerships with our community. Dean Newhouse, what's your role in the IU Grant Challenge? I'm the lead investigator for the Indiana University responding to the addictions crisis. And as the um, lead investigator, I am the convener of people that conduct studies, the convener of people that organize uh, the approach to the uh, Grand Challenge, and the monitor of our progress in the Grand Challenge. So I have uh, reporting responsibilities to make sure that we're meeting our milestones and goals. And I also work with a group of remarkable investigators that are committed to the work that we're doing and know why it's important and stay connected to our community. Can you explain IU's Grand Challenge and its goals? So President McRobbie actually declared this a, a opportunity for a grand challenge. And we went from that point um, to identify where the best places were that we could affect some of these uh, important outcomes that I just described. So the initiative um, overall had major goals that were associated with the governor goals. Our first goal was to reduce the number of people uh, that had addictions our substance use disorder, to reduce deaths related to drug overdoses, and to reduce the number of babies born that have been exposed before birth to substances in utero that are harmful and can cause these uh, neonatal abstinence syndromes after a birth. So those were our major goals, but those were also the state's uh, top goals are. We did some work to assess what our best capacity was in the response uh, to addictions, and we learned that our 
best areas to respond to this public health uh, emergency at the time were our expertise in data sciences and analysis, education, training, and certification, policy analysis, economics and law, basic applied and translational research, and community and workforce development. So let me just break those down mm -hmm. just a little That'd be bit. Great. First, when we think about um, how will we know if we make a difference? How will we know where we're having uh, more problems with overdoses? That's data and data infrastructure. So one of the uh, areas that we have funded is around data sciences and analysis. So in the Indiana Addictions Data Common, we have a whole uh, cadre of data available to us to help us with those signals, help us with the evaluation, and work with the state and others to analyze data that we have from health systems and other sources to uh, understand whether we're making a difference and also understand some of the signals associated with the problem. When you say signals, what do you mean by signals? I mean that if we look at state, we have 92 counties. We have uh, state distribution uh, of, of people across the state. If we observe the data over time, mm -hmm. we can understand whether we're improving and having lower overdoses, where we've seen less substance use, where we have less babies born, and learn from those examples. That's really interesting. If we're working in, um, we're working right now in the uh, response to addictions in 29 counties, we'll be able to observe some of the changes in the counties and also work with the state on some of the outcomes that they're measuring as well. So the idea is uh, this is certainly a partnership, a, a partnership with the state and over 144 other partners. So the data and the data infrastructure will be incredibly important for all of us. That's great. The second area is around uh, education and training. As uh, one of the uh, best academic organization uh, in the nation, uh, we certainly have excellence in education and training. So one would expect that we be asked, how are you training your interprofessional students to help work in the addictions field? How are you uh, training your primary care providers to work in the addictions field? Um, how can you train more providers uh, to provide uh, addictions counselors or other kinds of workforce people that um, are needed in the field? So that's another area that we're focusing on and have also begun to look at the curriculum across uh, the health sciences in particular and started some additional programs across IU. So this is not just here uh, in Indianapolis, it's across the whole state. Okay. The third area is one of the very early questions we were asked uh, in the addictions crisis was from our policymakers. And at the time, many were questioning what policy options are available to me, what policy options would work to stem the tide of uh, these adverse outcomes for the people of the state. And so policy analysis, economics, and law were a big part of our response. And in fact, one of our first projects was a project from the School of Law that summarized all the evidence-based policies that are available 
to our policymakers uh, as as choices for that first legislative season that we faced. We the announcement for the addictions grand challenge was in October of 2017, and so as getting ready for the next legislative season that started in uh, January uh, 2018, it was an important document that was publicly posted and also informed uh, some of the policy dialogue and continues to do so. Wow, that's really interesting. Is there an end date for this grand challenge? Um, well, it's five years. It's five years, um, okay. Can you talk about the different research and the studies that are being done in this area? Indiana University has two research-intensive campuses, one at IUPUI and one at Bloomington. We have some investigators that are not only focusing on addictions, but also uh, some investigators that are focusing in other areas, but actually can deploy their research skills uh, to the addictions area. So when we think about basic uh, kinds of research, there are basic uh, studies that are animal models to understand, for example, the environmental effects of safety on uh, secure housing, on food security, for example, on addiction behavior. So that would be an example of a basic study. And then there are a number of applied studies that are trying to understand the best uh, possible strategies for our approaches for medication-assisted treatment and what kinds of services may help uh, women or others that are in uh, under treatment for medication-assisted treatment. Hmm. Uh, medication-assisted treatment is uh, for opioid um, addictions is certainly one of the primary approaches to uh, treatment, but there are many, many wraparound services and other kinds of uh, strategies, in, including uh, counseling mechanisms and making sure people have food and housing and uh, are embedded back in their social uh, situation that are also important. And that would be an example of applied. And translational research, for example, would either be translating information we learn from the bench animal models into other kinds of interventions for uh, trials, or it could be um, development of a, a new drug or device and, and testing those devices on decreasing cravings uh, that we've also focused on. Or it could be translational research to practice, such as helping health systems adopt a preventative strategy or a strategy to recognize people at risk for addictions by implementing screening, brief intervention, referral for treatment. So those were our major um, areas, and we've made quite a lot of uh, progress, I'd say, to date. What can um, Hoosiers do to collaborate on this effort? Is there a role for others to get involved? Well, I, I would say uh, we right now have 144 partners, and we also often will meet with our community members. Uh, most recently, I was down in Lawrence County uh, this week uh, talking to uh, community members as well as making a visit uh, a couple weeks ago to Paoli, hearing what they're experiencing, how we can link them to IU investigators are incredibly important. Um, but I would say... We, we do get the question about what can the community do, but we also get the question about what can anyone do to decrease opioid uh, deaths. So I just uh, uh, want to mention that in a op-ed that was published in February, that's exactly the question that I was asked, and I just want to um, say that there are many things we can do. Number one, uh, you can get trained on naloxone use. Naloxone is a 
mechanism if someone has overdosed that can reverse the overdose. So it is a lifesaver. There are many uh, training sessions. The Grand Challenge has supported a number of training sessions for uh, naloxone training. And uh, it is a very easy um, medication to administer via nasal spray. Uh, and it is the one opportunity you may have to save a life for somebody that is overdosed. The only way they're going to get into treatment if we save their life. The only way we'll save their life if we have naloxone available. I carry it myself, and I'm proud to say when I was in Lawrence County, I was quite surprised to see a group of over 20 nursing students from the Bloomington uh, School of Nursing that were getting naloxone training, and then going back uh, to Bloomington and training others. So I thought that was a wonderful community uh, exercise. And they also heard the dialogue of the people in the community about what they were experiencing and the questions that they asked. So get trained on naloxone. There are many, many places that uh, that is available to you and you should do it. Second of all, know that addiction is a disease. It's a chronic disease. It is not behavioral. People do not have a choice when they have an addiction their brain has changed. There are treatments and ways that they can overcome uh, those uh, cravings and changes, but they have to be in treatment. It is a comprehensive response, I would say, that's necessary to a chronic disease, and there's not one of us alone that can crack this nut, if you will. Uh, when we began the grand challenge, we knew that we had to use a social ecological model. And that model just means to make a difference in a big problem, sticky problem like addictions, that you have to not only devise interventions for the individual level, there's a family and social level that people are webbed and held within. There are organizations in which one works, plays, associates. There are policymakers that make decisions, both at the town and county level, at the state level, at the federal level. So we've got to think about this as a chronic disease that requires a comprehensive solution that ranges from interventions for people to interventions for policymakers and everything in between. But at the core of that is you've got to know that this is a disease, a disease that can be cured, that can be helped, but it is a chronic disease like diabetes, like heart failure, other kinds of chronic disease. So uh, first two, naloxone training, know that addiction is a, a disease, a chronic disease. The third thing is to support local and nonprofits that are active in supporting those suffering from addictions. There's any number of wonderful nonprofits that are right there in your community. Find out who they are. Not only find out how you can help them and uh, donate to their cause in their fight uh, with uh, the addiction uh, crisis, but also think about volunteering in some of these uh, nonprofit areas. So the next thing I would say is make sure that our lawmakers stay focused on addressing the opioid crisis or addictions crisis while adapting to new information. We want to see as a community evidence-based policies and stay tuned for what the policymakers are deliberating about and make sure that we're creating policy options that are helpful for the people that are going to um, help Hoosiers uh, with addictions. 
So with that, I think that's information about what anyone can do, any one of us. And uh, it's, it's a short list, but nonetheless an important list because the community is a big part of the response to addictions. Um, as I said, we knew that when we began our work that the importance of our community and our partnerships in the community were broad and incredibly uh, important to our ability to achieve success. That's such valuable information. Thank you so much for sharing that list. You seem very hopeful about that success. Um, can you talk a bit about what your vision is, kind of what your hope for the future, uh, especially in light of the crisis going on? Well, we've already seen some uh, signals of uh, hope, uh, both in antidotes and in data. I think uh, one of the uh, facts that I heard uh, last week was that the overdose deaths in the state have uh, decreased, which I think is uh, one of the first things that we expected to see. There's uh, certainly a lot more to do, but my vision for the future is that this addiction crisis turns into an understanding that it is a chronic disease that has to be managed so, and that there has to be a web of resilience uh, built in communities and in organizations to be able to support people with addictions as they re-enter into uh, their own social network and into their communities. That's my vision, that people that face addictions have the opportunity to get treatment and that we understand that this is uh, a chronic disease and we have more conversations about the stigma of the disease to help more people talk freely about people in their uh, community, people in their family. Um, people feel very comfortable talking to an individual and disclosing, but they really don't feel comfortable disclosing at work, uh, for example, or to talk about their problems. Uh, we certainly would like to see the stigma reduced in uh, addictions understood just as any other chronic illness uh, would be the vision. Can you talk about our current work and progress? We have funded uh, 31 projects, uh, and the first 16 projects are what we call shovel-ready projects. They are projects that investigators were working in uh, areas that they could deploy the next day after it was funded. Uh, they had learned from prior work. And the second group of projects were projects that uh, about six months later, after our uh, first set of projects were funded, that were uh, proposals that were creating uh, new drugs, and new interventions. So between both of these sets, there were projects funded in all five of those areas, data, education, policy, research, uh, basic applied translation, and the community and workforce uh, arenas. All of those projects are underway. Uh, the only ones that are finished so far are the policy policy analysis, but we're starting to see some early results. But the other thing that's happened is we've, we have 130 faculty, key personnel, and postdocs across Indiana University. So what that's doing is we've got teams of people that are now working on the addictions crisis, but we're also building infrastructure for our next public health response, really. Um, so we've got now teams of people that are uh, working in the addictions and are using uh, methods that either can that can be deployed to the next addictions question or deployed to other areas of uh, public health emergencies. We've done a lot with outreach and training, not only within 
the, our uh, school and developed uh, new programs and new curriculums, such as an addiction counseling uh, certificate. But we also have teams that are working in a uh, model that is an extension to rural communities to help rural providers that aren't addiction uh, providers learn more about uh, treating people with addiction um, and diseases associated with addiction like uh, HIV or hepatitis C, for example. Um, we have hosted a statewide Indiana public health conference on harm reduction. We had 347 people attend, and we also provided naloxone training uh, at that time. We have a number of projects that have in uh, completed their enrollment and are starting to see statistically significant results, which was very exciting. We have launched a comprehensive pain assessment clinic at the IU Family Medicine uh, Center in Indianapolis, and that's where interprofessional students are learning about treating people with addictions and working with them and uh, prescribing. And we also have trained Within each of our projects, there's some training. For example, one of the projects has already trained 55 staff at community mental health centers in Wayne and Tippecanoe counties, and others have uh, trained innumerable uh, people, community health workers and addictions counselors, to work with them on their projects. And not only has it uh, resulted in a response that's very specific to those three goals, the investigators have also received 17 additional grants beyond the funding for the Grand Challenge. That is about $8.6 million uh, that includes a $3 million NIDA uh, grant. 38 proposals have been submitted for external funding with five external proposals currently under development. So you see, not only is it responding to the addictions crisis, but we are also, again, building capacity for the next questions uh, that come out. I think this is uh, incredibly important to not only our faculty and staff and our, our students here at Indiana University, but again, it's showing uh, signs that not only are we building capacity in our community, we're com building capacity right here at Indiana University. Do you feel like we're making an impact? I absolutely do. When we work with our communities and intersect with them, they may or may not recognize the research studies that we're doing in the community or know exactly um, who the people are that are working in the community. They know their partners. They know that there are differences uh, that are happening. And we are not quite two years into our projects. So I think this is uh, pretty incredible to think about because when you think about a year and a half to two years of time in research world, uh, it takes a long time to get these projects uh, up and going and launching these interventions. We are not even two years into the project and are starting to finish some of our original shovel-ready uh, projects. So are we making a difference? Yes. I hear from the community uh, some of the changes that they're saying. It's not all us. We knew, as I said, that it's really about the partnerships. It's not all IU. But any of us that are working in the field are working with many, many people. And we are building resilience in the community. We are building networks in the community. And we are linking others 
to the resources that we have here at IU that can be helpful. Uh, mentioning that uh, recently that I was in uh, southern Indiana, um, we've made a number of referrals and uh, connections to the Rural Engagement Center at Bloomington, which is absolutely perfect because it's about leaving a resilient and sustainable infrastructure that's available uh, in the community. And because we've taken that approach, I'm confident that we're going to make a difference, but it's confident in making a difference with our partners, which includes the state that's doing a remarkable job funding important priorities, and with other uh, clinical partners that we're working with, as well as those um, other uh, partners that are involved in each and every one of our projects. That's an incredible amount of work uh, and something to be proud of. Congratulations. If you can identify the one thing that you want our listeners to do to support this initiative, what would it be? I would say the one thing we can all do is learn more about addictions and be honest that we all have addictions in our family. It may be alcohol addiction. It may be opioid addiction. It may be prescription opioid addiction. <laughs> so... Unfortunately, when we conducted a survey early in the Grand Challenge to understand what people in Indiana are um, thinking about addictions, one of the things we learned is we all know about it, and most of us have somebody in our family or in our social context. Uh, so let's be honest about it. Let's talk about it. Let's have community conversations uh, about it. And let's make a context where people that are facing addictions feel very comfortable and cared for in our community so they'll be more likely to get into treatment and stay in treatment when we have people around them that uh, care and understand uh, this, this complex uh, disease. That's wonderful. Dean Newhouse, thank you for joining us in the studio today, specifically on the other side of the table. I appreciate you taking time from your day to share what's being done in response to the addictions crisis through the IU Grand Challenge. Thank you for your important work and for spending time with us today. Thank you for the invitation. We look forward to your return as the host next month. Until then, this is Sally Krause closing our September podcast. Be sure to visit our website, nursing.iupui.edu to download episodes of Pulse Points and subscribe for this season's monthly episodes. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as Dean Newhouse likes to say, it's a good day to be an IU nurse. <laughs>